you know, to really love, you need to listen. And holy cow, in the Old Testament, clear back in the book of Deuteronomy, sent by God, we're supposed to become the world's professional listeners, listening to the voice of God in other people, in the word of God. Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with a guy who has lots of experience with listening, listening to people in all stages of their lives. He's my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Hey, Father Len. Morning, Irish. Although, to be honest, I'm really good, not at listening, but at making counter accusations, but (laughs) apparently you've fallen for it. (laughs) Well, you have to be able to hear to make the great counter accusation, Father Land. But hearing is not listening. Okay. So I suspect you'll be explaining the difference between hearing and listening because you've decided to help us grapple with the power and importance of listening, what it means to truly listen, and God's call for us to be professional listeners. So, Father Len, let's dive in. Okay, so Jesus said, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul is the first and greatest commandment. And what he's quoting is a prayer. The Shema, Listen, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. The, the, Bible, says, the Bible says that if you're a faithful Jew, you're supposed to pray the Shema every morning when you wake up, every evening when you, before you fall asleep, and it's supposed to be on your lips before you die. And this idea of listening is at the heart of Judaism. That's a Shema. Remember, the word Shema means listen, but it really means pay attention. And so if you're Jewish, you would have been praying every two times a day your entire life to listen, 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 listen. And it's such an important prayer that I just think this is funny. After World War II, there are thousands of Jewish children that were hidden in Catholic orphanages, right? Mm -hmm. But how do you pick out the Jewish toddlers? when they can't really speak and all the documents of their origins were destroyed. So the rabbis had this clever idea. They'd go into the orphanages and they would start to sing the Shema, you know, listen, O Israel. And the kids that knew the response to that clearly were Jewish Yep. because it's a central prayer of Judaism, but it's also ours. And the central prayer starts off with pay attention where the Bible says, Ears that Shema, they will see what the Lord has made known. So the idea is if if you pay attention, if you listen, what you'll discover is God. So just the word hear or listen is a poor translation because it means really in the Hebrew to listen and respond. So if you hear the cry for help and don't run and help, then you didn't Shema. The word Shema does mean to listen and to act. But unfortunately, most of us go through 
life with like that rain noise machine, you know, playing in the background that helps you fall asleep. So you don't really listen to God's word. You don't listen to God speaking to you. It's just background noise. Shema means you're not lulled by the background noise, or you're not like the kid who chooses not to hear his mother say, take out the garbage. I know that because I was surprised decades ago when my sister was yelling at her son to set the table, and he whispers to me, if you ignore her, she'll go away. (laughs) (laughs) That's a standard tactic for a kid, you know? I I was kind of shocked, like, oh, my God, he's doing this on purpose. But in one sense, you're either purposely ignoring or you're trying to hear. And in Hebrew, there's no ancient word for obey. So it says Shema, to hear and to put into action is a quote, is what the word obey should mean. It's not, you know, servile subsequiousness. Shema is really listening. So the prophets in Christ would say you, they have ears, but they do not Shema. Or in Exodus, God says, if you Shema Shema, if you Shema Shema me, then you'll become a kingdom of priests and your holiness will shine. So when he says, repeats the word Shema Shema, it means really, really listen. And Christ connects Shema'ing, listening with the kingdom of God. My, my point being is that being open to trying to listen is a big part of Judaism and Catholicism. Well, here, um, here, here let, me, let me jump in just for a quick second, because this idea of listening and hearing and what's going on right now, like in our country, and I even see it in my own family, I see it among friends and friends' family, is that you have a conversation with somebody And as soon as they say something you don't agree with, you stop listening or start arguing. You never completely listen to what they're saying or consider it. Just the minute, you know, you hear something that, you know, it's like the COVID vaccination and all kinds of different things. The minute you hear something you disagree with, you shut off. You're done. So true. Our society is trained to make counter accusations quickly, to immediately talk over and overpower with, you know, you need to listen to me. Yep. That's what our society is trained at. But think about that. The Jews were meant to become the world's professional listeners. Wow. Listening to the voice of God in other people, in the word of God. But that's our inheritance as well. Jesus mentions the Shema connects it with the greatest commandment to love that we're not supposed to be talking over people overpowering making quick accusations getting upset you know to really love you need to listen so like i i love this i emily dixon said and i like this quote there's only one commandment i have never broken and that is to pay attention to the lilies of the field she means to pay attention to the to the very small beauties of life that woke her up to the divine. So if you're going to fall in love with God, other people, yourself, you first have to learn how to pay attention to Shema. And just as you said, like our society just is designed to overpower with debate. There's this book called Lost Focus, which shows that the United States 
the world has really lost its ability to tend to focus and like people can't read as long as they used to people are more addicted to their phones if you can't sit down and actually pay attention and read for a while you know they can't pray or there's this dr gordon who i've never met but i've heard so many great things about he said he was this great doctor but he said you know my best medical instrument and he pointed to his ears is that you have to learn how to hear people yep or there's a great doctor in boise she's retired now but she won some great award, but she she once said to me, she said, you know, nobody asked me my my grades in medical school. She says, the thing that made me a great doctor is that I would actually listen to people. And in the Bible, listening forms community. So we don't listen to each other. Then we're conditioned to kind of speak up, speak over, and speak out. That's our American spirituality. But biblical spirituality is to train yourself to listen. So we're always, I think, in our world, living in this constant monologue. And they even did this study of the Family Dinner Project in Cambridge. So they took these Cambridge families and they said, listen, no cell phones around the table. (laughs) No cell phones around the table. Everybody had to gather around one table and study it after a couple of months. And the effect on children is that they had a larger vocabulary, lower substance abuse, lower teenage pregnancy. I think they did it actually for a year, but and a higher self-esteem. The gift of hospitality is your full attention. So like, I think we've become this ADD society because we no longer listen. Or the former Dallas police chief in this interview, I just really loved. Now, he's African-American, and he spoke out against the public protests against the police. Not that, they're, not that they hadn't done some, had some incidences. But he said, rather than protest, why don't we sit down and listen to each other? Or he said, sign up to become a policeman. Yep. But like, I, I thought that was brilliant. Rather than just scream, what good does a screaming protest do? Sit down and speak to us. Rather than shema, we like to speak over and out at each other. And the problem is you destroy the community. Or like, and this sounds kind of strange, you probably know this, but years ago as a newly ordained priest, I went camping and this shocked me with this bunch of people, but this one married couple really liked them. He's in the tent and he's looking for something and we're around the campfire and he yells, honey, and she immediately yells back, it's in there. It's right in there. (laughs) And then she goes back to her story and I said, now, wait a minute. He didn't even say what he was looking for. She says, oh, no, I I already know what he's looking for. I know him. And part of me is kind of impressed they knew each other. But the other part that kind of frightened me is that they stopped listening. And then uh, having known married people, I think after a while they do stop listening because they think they know their spouse so well, so but then well. their spouse changes. And you're chapters behind on knowing the person you're married to. And then they start to grow s- apart because they stop trying to listen to each other. Well, you so know, we're because uh, I'm actually guilty of some of that. Oh, I know. Your At- wife texted me. Well, the the problem is, even if you're right, even if you know, 
you don't give them a chance to tell you. And it's like, I think they think, you just don't give a damn about me. How could you possibly know that? You know, you haven't let me talk. You haven't let me explain what I'm looking for, what I'm trying to do, you know? And so even if you're right. It destroys marriage. Right. Yeah. It's not about being right. No, it's, it's about not. showing up. Yep. And that's why like, I think it's stunning that they found out that not listening destroys community. But being able to listen builds community. And marriage is a type of community. And they did all these great studies on listening. This guy named Yuri Hansen at the Princeton Brain. He does these brain scans. Oddly enough, when you listen, they can track the neuron patterns. And people, when they really listen to each other, they sync up. Their neuro signals sync, sync up. Their heart rate syncs up. They literally get on the same wage, wavelength. When people really feel listened to, attended, their body releases these feel-good chemicals that are different. So you're right. It's not who's right and who's wrong. It's about listening. And holy cow, in the Old Testament, clear back in the book of Deuteronomy, we're supposed to become, Jews and Catholics are supposed to become professional listeners sent by God. You know, Father Lynn, I think one of the greatest lessons I've ever learned in my life, I got from Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of oh, yeah. the Highly Effective People. He actually, before he became famous and was charging $75,000 a speech and all that kind of stuff, he was in my living room with my staff at a radio station I was running. And he talked about the most important thing in communication to him is seek first to understand, then to be understood. And part of that understanding is listening and what he called active or reflective listening where yeah. you listen to somebody, you hear what they say, then you, in your own words, parrot back to them. So you're saying this, so they know they've been heard or not heard. They can disagree. But if you get it right, all of a sudden the communication is exactly what you suggest. They become open. You're totally engaged with each other, and you can have a productive conversation. And it builds community. Yep. But this is the odd part. So like, okay, the importance of listening is, I think, there. I guess I'd like to flip it also. This sounds kind of strange. Of what not to listen to. Because they've done studies on people who train themselves to listen to stories that keep them apart. Or train yourselves to listen to stories that unite them together. And so stories are incredibly powerful on us. Like just with movies, you become what you watch. You know, I always joke, and I'm kind of serious. Uh, movies are modern-day pulpits. But you yep. become what you watch. So did you know if you watch a horror film like these scary – did you know it actually has physical changes in your body where your blood starts to release more – I think it's coagulants. So they're getting ready for a massive bleed. Whatever you watch affects you. So even like in a general way. The Hunger Games, when the Hunger Games came out, suddenly there's this boom in archery. Or whenever you're watching these dystopic movies, you know, that the world has gone to hell, there's dark, mm -hmm. there's not, and apocalyptic world, everything's falling apart. Thank God one person is not afraid to fight and take care of themselves. The more you watch those movies, 
the more division and fighting, your body is getting ready for a fight. For the fight. So, like, I think you have to be careful what not to listen to. And I'm tired of hearing the voices of division. You know, people are so used to hearing the call for division in politics and our culture and even in our own church. Yep. Um, like, I, I have three priest friends who are retiring a little bit early. Luckily, they have the money because they're so tired of the attacks from within the church. Not from without the church that, you know, God forbid you do something wrong and there's hell to pay. There's another priest, a younger priest. He's very concerned about being Orthodox, but he's a good priest. But he will no longer put any of the mass on the Internet, you know, for the homebound. Because all he does is get, and this is true, I get it too, alas, why'd you do that? Why'd you do What People make little tiny mistakes. It's nothing to argue about. Yeah. <laughs> even here in Coeur d'Alene, we have a small amount of Catholics, and yet there's so much division. There's only unity within your little clique. But there's really no desire to hear God's call for oneness. All they really hear is an a call to attack each other. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, those who are controlled by fear and anger, they usually are on the fringe of society. And the problem is if you become fearful and angry, you can't listen. And Holy cow. I have to tell you, since I listened to a lot of confessions, the number one sin that people are confessing these days is anger, anger, anger. Wow. But if we're supposed to become a church of listeners, I'm just saying, I just don't understand the fear since just part, a huge part of Judaism and Catholicism is the command from God to listen. And the lack of attentiveness is a type of sin. So there's this Irish moral writer, Murdoch, that says all morality comes down to attentiveness, attentiveness to God, attentiveness to other people. And the essence of immorality is not to be attentive to others or God, not to see or hear other people. So it's not like morality in Murdoch's ideas, a complex philosophical abstract principle. It's a daily small decisions to try and pay attention to other people's humanity. Attention is a type of love to see other people. So I don't understand the fear. That... I, I, I guess the the fear, maybe that is what keeps us from being able to listen. It's sad to me what's going on in our country and around the world. And you say it's part of our society and stuff. I don't know whether it's always been that way. I don't. I, you I, know, I'm, a, I'm only a, a very young six-year-old. But I did this thing where I asked my parish at 3 o'clock, set your alarm on your phone to go off at 3 o'clock three o'clock is the hour Christ died mm -hmm. and pray the Shema. Listen, O Israel, the Lord, your God is one. You shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, all your mind and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. So I've been doing that for two years now because I admit, I mean, I am gifted with stubbornness. I can't <laughs> help it. I'm always right. Um, <laughs> joking. So like I need to learn how to Shema. Yep. So I asked my parish to do the same thing. Well, you know, I 
have come to learn if I can be patient enough to listen to even the people that I don't think are maybe the most intelligent, the most knowledgeable, or the best moral character, I can learn something from almost everyone if I listen to them. Uh, I it's totally it's amazing agree. that way. I mean, it's just, it, but it's hard sometimes when you're talking to somebody and you're going to your, you're saying to yourself, God, what a dummy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, he has no uh, knowledge of this subject or whatever. But if I am patient enough to listen and, and really hear what they're saying, what their fears are, what's going on with them, I always learn something. I know. I, I, I agree. Even in, I'm always shocked by it. I'm really shocked by that, that if you move in close, there is something to be, to learn. Yep. Over and over. Well, Father Lynn, I, I really think this was a, a great episode and certainly very timely given all the division and anger and the lack of listening going on in our country. And as you say, it's even happening in our church. So, Thanks for listening to this episode of the Wrestling With God show. We hope it helps you think about the importance and the power of listening and hearing and really listening, how important that is in our lives. And we welcome your comments and questions. It's easy for you to get those to us. Maybe you have a story about listening and the power of listening, how it's affected you and your life. We'd love to hear it. It's easy to get those to us. You can just shoot me an email. Uh, my address is irish at wwgproductions.org. That's irish at wwgproductions.org. Or you can text or leave me a voicemail at 208-391-3738. And if you're enjoying the Wrestling With God show, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast, particularly on Apple Podcasts, and share it with your friends. It really does help people discover us and understand what we do and why it matters. This podcast is created and distributed by Wrestling With God Productions. Our theme music is composed and performed by Jake Einick and Kevin Barnett. Wrestling With God Productions exists in part because of generous donors who support our mission. If you've benefited from one of our podcasts, please consider making a donation at givesendgo.com slash Productions. You'll find a link to this site in the show notes below this episode in your podcast app. So we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives, and also learning to really listen. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.